Okay, thank you. We know. I wish, uh, I wish, like, I wish you could like save that, like the. the maybe it is saved, or uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, maybe I'll also include this. Just not edit this clip out and just leave it. Oh, we're live. Okay. Anyways, welcome to another episode of the Join Avenue Podcast. This is specifically episode four. I'm one of your hosts, Albert, and I am Mark. So, Mark, can you please give a brief description of what our podcast is about to our first-time listeners here? And if you're listening again, uh, you're an old-time listener, thank you for coming back, or I should say veteran listener of the Joint Avenue Podcast. Sure. So, the Joint Avenue Podcast is a chance for um, us to meet cool people with cool life experiences that guys like Albert and I um, wouldn't have the opportunity to experience. Awesome. Thank you very much, Mark. All right. Well, some things have happened since our last episode, uh, like the Champions League final, which was Manchester City versus Chelsea. And of course, Chelsea won that game. And Christian Pulisic, I believe you became the first American to ever win the Champions League. Yeah, Is that I correct? Think, uh, I think first American to play the Champions League final and then inevitably the first American to win. Oh, I, th I thought uh, Zach Steffen was playing for Man City. Well, he wasn't actually playing, but he was on the roster part of the team. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's what that's what Twitter tells me. So, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Twitter fact. Anyways, Mark, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it was a good match um, overall. I was uh, rooting for Chelsea um, mostly because Man City has won everything for the past however many years. So. Agreed. Um, but yeah, great match overall. Um, yeah, so I think um, I have a couple of thoughts. I think one, when I look at the players of Chelsea, I don't know how many of our listeners are avid um, English Premier League uh, watchers, but I feel like in my opinion, I think all the the players on Chelsea look the same, or at least they have like a standardized haircut. <laughs> so you look at Pulisic. Chelsea look, cut. Yeah, Pulisic. You look at Mason Mount. Uh, and you look at uh, Kai Havertz, who scored the the one and only goal for the match. I feel like they all have the same like uh, undercut, like the faded sides, and just like a mop on top. Which like I don't know. I just think they all look the same. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my that was my big takeaway. Um, but yeah, uh, you watched the final too, didn't you, Albert? What I did. did. We did. Um, so I mean, it, it wasn't anything too exciting for me because I'm a Manchester United fan. So I'm not of either team uh but you know i was watching it with my friend who is a chelsea fan and you know i was i guess i was rooting for chelsea but ultimately i'm happy chelsea won so i could be happy for my friend uh, but yeah congrats to chelsea um all right well mark also from our last interview or episode you uh, had a chance to try the new in and out burger in the Colorado area, is that correct? Well, that is correct. Yes. Yeah, so I, I believe um, there's a few new locations in Colorado, but it's their first major expansion besides like Florida uh, that they ventured outside of just like the West in general. Um, but yeah, so when it first opened it, uh, back last fall, it was a nightmare to get to. So I haven't been able to go for the past like seven, eight months. I remember the first couple of weeks like the the wait time for the drive-through was 14 hours um 
so ridiculously long i remember driving by it because it's on the way to the airport like it was like wrapped around two or three times around the whole like well around the store but then also around the whole shopping mall complex so it's a little bit yeah it was insane so needless to say i haven't been able to go up until this most recent month um where i've been able to go I've gone to several times actually. Oh, nice. I blame you. I would have done the same Uh, <laughs> thing. so first time, first time I went, I can just share that experience. That was, that was magical in itself. Just like the waiting and uh, the longing, uh, went at, I believe like nine 30 at night. Um, which seemed like a pretty, I mean, relatively reasonable time, but the drive through was still out the parking lot like into the main road there's that's still insane <laughs> there's still um policemen like uh oh my and like gosh. uh cones and stuff set up and like guiding traffic but once you got in like the well, i just pulled into a parking lot because i just i wanted to sit down and experience the, the atmosphere but when i walked into the door there's no line inside <laughs> there's like one person in front of me um and then i could order i was like what why why, do, why are people waiting this long for it when they can just walk straight in that's a secret don't want that's to get true. out um yeah that's yeah but um so it was it was an amazing experience i had two double doubles um mm. and, that's uh, so good right now and then fries and a milkshake um yeah lots of calories were consumed that night but totally worth it and yeah no animal style? Uh, no, they're both there. They're actually, it was all of it was animal style. Oh, nice. My <laughs> man. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, for sure. I usually just go animal style with the fries. But, uh, next time I'm at it in and out, maybe I'll to do the burgers as well. So for sure, for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, actually, here's a hot take regarding in and out. I personally don't believe they should expand any more east of Colorado. Yeah. Why, why do you say that? So my reasoning is, is I feel like if you keep expanding, you sort of lose that ex, 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 I can't say the word. Wow. Ex- exclusivity. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. When you, when I think of in and out, I think of the West coast, you know, it's like, you know, very geographically located somewhere, you know, you can't get it in Ohio or anywhere else, let's say like you can with Shake Shack, which we have a couple locations uh, here in Ohio. Mm. But yeah, in and out I mean, it, it holds a special place in my heart. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, I feel like if you keep expanding yeast, you'll start losing some of that West Coast magic. So that's my hot take. And also Mark is wearing a nice in and out shirt. So props to him for that. Uh, I know for our audio listeners, you can't see it, but he is wearing it in and out shirt. For sure. But yeah, just to go back to your point, though, I, I would agree overall. I think I'm being in Denver, I'm thankful for it. But at the same time, yeah, it does lose that magic or that, yeah, that sense of like uh, making it special. Uh, yeah, because it would be weird just to have it plopped in Columbus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people would just, go like, nuts. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it, it would be successful for sure. But yeah, I think you would lose some of that, some of that magic. Definitely. So although it's again, I, it, <laughs> I don't make the business decisions there. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens. But that's my personal take on that. Okay. Uh, last thing since, well, I mean, a lot of things have happened since last episode, but I've also started getting kicking lessons. Oh yeah. So from, 
Oh, it's been good. Um, so I randomly like, you know, as some people heard from the last episode, uh, I've been you know, trying to get into this, you know, place kicking and, you know, have a pretty standard routine now. I'm pretty get, uh, getting pretty serious about it. So it's like, I feel like I need to get lessons to get better. So I randomly Googled, you know, kicking lessons in Ohio and I found a instructor who was a former OSU punter uh, back in the late 2000s uh, still in my area and now you know I try to get a lesson from him uh, once every other week so last lesson I had was last Thursday uh, for, for the second lesson just this time around I have it or sometime later this week so looking forward to it but yeah it, it's going good hopefully i get better nice what um what kind of like drills or lessons that you, you go through during each meetup uh so it's like the no step drill you know trying to get my fundamentals down where my place foot is you know how far is it from the ball is my place foot inverted is it, or is it pointing straight forward towards the target which it should um so stuff like that. And he watches my form and, you know, my, I'm overextending, you know, where I hit on the ball, all that important stuff, which I tend to look at times. Uh, so yeah, ex excited about it. And hopefully uh, with his help, I'll be knocking like 50 yarders down easily, easily, <laughs> but we'll see if I ever get there. So yeah, it's, it's going well though. I'll keep everyone updated uh, on the pod. So all right, Mark. Well, do you want to introduce our uh, next segment here for our listeners? Absolutely. So this month, um, given by our good friend of the show, Kenton, um, he told us to start ranking um, some different random things. And I think since we're on the topic about In-N-Out, which now I'm um, decently hungry. Um, Same. But <laughs> um, I think it would be fun to rank for each of us what are our top five fast food burger joints are you talking about chain or is this can this be local or what are uh, we talking here i mean it can be can be both um i feel like the ones i'm thinking of are generally chains um maybe some of them are more regional um but i mean i think i think the gist of it being fast food if that makes if that helps clarify it yeah it does so all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have a? Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Uh, I wrote some of my down actually preparing. One number one burger joint in my opinion, uh, fast food uh, perspective. Five guys, hands down. Okay. Uh, even though I love In and Out, I'm a big fan of In and Out as Mark knows. Um, Five Guys has a superior burger over all the chain fast food or chain yeah fast food restaurants in my opinion. Uh, number two, if you can tell, in and out I think it's pretty solid. Yeah, can't wait to try an animal-style burger. But, yeah, I usually go with the double-double with animal-style fries. Strawberry milkshake when I'm feeling like it. And, oh, so good. Mm. Um, and the best part is, oh, I don't know if this, this plays a factor into it, but I just feel like their stuff is reasonably priced. Oh, so good. I spent uh, – last time I was there just getting – a double double on fries it was like seven dollars yeah. and that's i feel like that's an underrated part or something that doesn't get talked about enough is how reasonably priced their stuff is okay mm -hmm. number three 
I'm going to have to go with Wendy's. Uh, pretty solid. Yeah, I feel like you can't pass that up. Um, gosh. I don't know about four and five. Um, you know what, Mark? Give me some time to think about it. I'm going to flip <laughs> it over to you. Yeah, come back to me when you're done. Okay. I'm, I'll go the opposite direction just to build some suspense. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Uh, so number five, I'll pick uh, Shake Shack. Um, I've To be honest, I've only had it for the first time maybe two, three months ago. It was good. It was right. Um, I think my big sticking point was just the price. I, was, I felt like... Oh, yeah. I mean, like relatively to five guys, I felt like I didn't get as much food for paying comparable levels of money maybe maybe that's my my opinion or maybe that's just like maybe i should go back and or something but that's that's where it's at but burger quality still really good uh number four um i'll put water burger oh my gosh okay i i know what our four and five now <laughs> Let's continue that. nice um so i i haven't ranked four for now so texas fans texas listeners please don't murder me rejoice um, yeah but uh i the only reason i put it there is one i haven't had it in uh maybe six years so i just it's been a while <laughs> i haven't been to texas in that long yeah. um and two i hope that's a ploy for them to build a whataburger in denver <laughs> speaking mm. of expansion um yeah don't expand anywhere else but please come to denver <laughs> <laughs> um okay number three i'm gonna might be controversial for you. I'm gonna put in and out for all the all the reasons. I'm scared. Um, you'll maybe you'll appreciate when I when I share the other two. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Price, burger flavors, amazing. Fries, fries, um, they're okay. Even with animal styles, like okay, it's not like the selling point. Okay, I respect that. That, in my opinion. <laughs> um. Okay, number two. Gonna have to go with five guys. Excited for number one. Yeah, number one. Yeah. So, um, agree with you. Burger quality, amazing. Um, well, I'm also thinking of sides. I think the fries are probably the best out of Asian fries. Yeah, I think they're the best out of all the ones um, I've listed to this point. Um, yeah, big. The only downside is price, but you know, can, can splurge every now and then. Yeah. Um, so number one, do you have, do you have an idea what, what number one could be? I have no idea. Okay. I, Burger King. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So number one, um, as an Ohio guy, I'm going to have to go with a local regional chain Swenson's. Oh my gosh. I didn't think about this. Yeah. So for those of you who don't live in uh, Akron, Cleveland area, uh, local fast food establishment called Swenson's, uh, they have this, uh, I mean, on the outside for maybe you might think like it's a standard burger, but uh, they have a burger called the Galley Boy. And then uh, so good. Do you know what's in it? I forget. It's It's been a while, but I just remember it. Isn't it sort of sweet? Yeah, so they have it has Velveeta cheese and then some sort of sauce that I can't put my finger on. Um, if you are if you are a friend of the show and from the 
Cleveland area, please message us and let us know what's in the galley boy. Please. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that. Cool. Um, let's see, four and five. I've had some time to think, and with you going through your list really helped refresh my memory. I'm gonna have to go four Swenson's. Um, and five Whataburger because I've had it in the past. Yeah, it's been a while since I've had it, but I remember it was really good. And when I was in Texas, we got it like all the time. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna even throw in an honorable mention here. Okay, honorable mention, uh, not McDonald's, not Burger King, but lo- like a local chain that was founded around here, fast food, White Castle. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Well, I, I, okay, I know that's controversial, but like I've I, I respect White Castle for what it is. So, no, I'm not gonna no, I'm not gonna elaborate on my point. So, that's that. So, I don't know if I've ever had White Castle that wasn't in a like half truck stop. <laughs> hey, crave case, let's yeah. go. <laughs> I, and then I ate a ton of those. I remember not feeling so well the next day. So, but totally worth it. Okay, well, that's our top five burger joints, new segment there. And thank you, Kenton, once again for suggesting that. Okay, well, uh, we got to transition over into the interview here. And boy, do we have a special one for you today. Um, We interviewed Kaden Novikov, who is currently an NFL free agent. Uh, He shared a lot of cool things with us and great experiences. So without further ado, let's go into the interview. All right, we now welcome on Kaden Novikov. Currently, he is an NFL free agent and played as a place kicker slash punter for Trinity Valley Community College for two seasons and was a place kicker for the University of Houston for two seasons as well. Kaden, welcome to the Joint Avenue Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much, Albert. I really appreciate the invite and I'm um, excited to be here and kind of dive into the, the journey of a, of a specialist, so. Oh yes, for sure. We're uh, very excited to interview you. Okay, first question right off the bat. You know, I've been, as Mark knows, and maybe even you know, I've been trying to get into place kicking as well, but how the heck can I get my kicks to look like yours because when I watch your videos, your form is so pretty. I'm like, dang, go- hashtag goals. Yeah. Um, well, it's definitely a long journey. I mean, I've been kicking for, I guess, 10, 11 years now. Um, but I started playing soccer since I could walk. So I've been kicking objects, you know, or, or balls for a long time. But to shape it into then footballs and progressing through the technique it definitely takes a lot of time because you can only kick so much um you know you wears and tears on your body and if you're working out as well it it definitely you know you're limited basically you got to take advantage of every opportunity and it's um it's a long process you know a lot of kids are like oh how can i add more distance to my kicks right now it's like well you know you're still growing you're still getting stronger and bigger and distance will come but really technique super important um and yeah so it's it's all about technique and then getting bigger and stronger you know depending on your body type you can use your body in different ways um there's just so many things that go into it 
Gotcha. And, you know, you said there's only so many, you know, days you can kick. Do you mind telling us like what your training schedule looks like right now? You know, how many days a week do you kick exactly? Yeah. So right now um, I'm training, well, kicking three days a week um, and I work out five days a week um, on top of that. But, you know, it, it's really, you know, when I was younger, I guess I could kick five days a week maybe um even six sometimes honestly wow. but that's probably probably overdoes it a little bit um because i was also working out and running and stuff like that as well so uh right now like i said i do three times a week i've done four kicking days a week and i would but um just with work and training right now it's my body needs some rest so three days a week is is good but that's kind of the minimum i go and and yeah, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're kicking and lifting um, and doing a little running sometimes after kicking. And then Tuesday, Thursdays, um, a little more sprint work, speed type stuff. So yeah, we stay busy, but um, yeah, three days a week definitely is, is a good number for kicking. And it's just because you got to be fresh when you kick. I mean, as, as fresh as you can be, you know, I'm never normally fresh right now, but I'm also working two jobs. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty busy, but, uh, I like to be as fresh as I can be anyway, kicking back to back would really take a pretty good toll on, on my legs and long-term it probably wouldn't be very good either. Gotcha. Um, and now just taking it a step back here, uh, when did you know you had a shot at playing at a collegiate level and, you know, potentially even the NFL moment or NFL level. When was like that aha moment for you? Um, well, I remember looking back now, I remember um, in high school, I was kind of a little better than most of the kids that I saw technique wise at my age. Um, and I think even back then, I didn't really realize it. But specifically the moment I knew I could play college. Um, I guess there wasn't a moment I knew I could play college. I wanted to play college. Um, so my actually take it back a little farther than that. My dream was to be a professional soccer player for the longest time. Oh wow. Then I got into kicking footballs and kicked after like my first season on varsity in high school. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I just, there was a lot more opportunity obviously being in America. So I kind of set my eyes on that, but um, then I went to a super camp or a, a national camp basically, because there's different companies that run different kicking camps uh, for high school and college. And so my coach, at, which I'm still good uh, friends with, and he's still my coach and I help him out training kids in San Antonio and Houston. Um, and he's you know a mentor of mine and a great coach and so i've been with him for 11 years and we were doing a a camp that was a national camp series um or he was doing it rather and it was in arizona as like the super camp so it's like the major major camp um and so like all the high school kids flying from all the different areas and um i remember i think my junior year maybe sophomore i remember the first year i went i think it was my junior year I did really well. Um, I think I won the field goal competition or got second, something like that, um, and did well on kickoffs too. So 
Um, and another factor that goes into like the moment I, I knew like I could play is a couple of the coaches there who I'd kind of knew, um, but I hadn't really met in person. I just knew them through my coach. Um, and I'd done a few lessons or camps with them uh, every now and then they told me they're like, look, you have really good technique. I think you can really play at the division one level. And that's kind of what I had my eyes on. So yeah, that's kind of, kind of when I knew that's what I wanted to do and I knew I really had the opportunity to. So then I just kept working and I didn't take the easy road, but I got there. So it was, it was good. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that uh, journey towards junior college. Cause you said you played, played two seasons there. What was that experience like? What led you going towards that direction and then moving up towards uh, Houston? So, um, coming out of high school, I didn't have the offers I liked and my coach, uh, who I, who I've been long time, uh, friends with and he's a mentor of mine. He told me, you know, he said he went to Juco actually. So he kind of said, I'd always heard him say, you know, like, don't turn down Juco's, you know, they're actually very good. It's very high level play just at a smaller school basically so I never like I never thought I wanted to go to Juke I was like no like I'm not gonna do that but um yeah when I didn't have the offers I wanted I went to some combines and they have they host combines in like spring and summer and so I went to um a couple in Texas and they were really good Juco's and so yeah I kind of did well um and I didn't get offered right away from Trinity Valley. They had a guy that was returning that was very good, who I know very well now because he was there when I was there. And he was a great kicker. And he was a preseason All-American. Wow. And then he got injured. So kind of last minute, I didn't even know I was going there till I think, two weeks before fall camp started. Oh, um, wow. I mean, it was like literally all, the first week of August, I think I knew I was going there or something. Like it was super quick. Yeah. And so I ended up going there and actually really, really liked it. Um, I knew my goal was to eventually transfer to D1. Um, and that's the level I really wanted to play at. But, you know, I went to JUCO um, and I kind of had a mission. Like I said, I wanted wanted to play at the next level. And I got there and it was it was a good experience. Um, a lot of really good players. I mean, I had guys, um, Gerard Evans, he played, he transferred on to Virginia Tech and did really well as a quarterback. Um, Derek Willis, he went to Texas Tech afterwards. I mean, there was handfuls of D1 guys. I remember my spring practice. Um, I remember we'd have scouts from, I mean, Alabama, UT, A&M, Baylor. Wow. I mean, just all, all the big-time schools. So they were really, really good athletes, um, super good talent. You know, and most of the guys are very um, professional, I guess. So most of the ones that are starting and really, really good, they kind of know their journeys to transfer out to a better school. Um, and so it was a good experience. It was a good, good way to get acclimated, you know, to the off season, to the way things, uh, how college practices run. But it's still definitely a little different from the next level, but 
yeah, it was, it was great. It gave me time to work on, work on kicking and just get better and better and a little bigger because I was a soccer player. I was pretty skinny. So it, uh, it definitely was a very good time for me to, to just keep working and getting better. For sure. Yeah. So you mentioned played soccer growing up. I'm curious, is there anything from your soccer days that any of those skills that helps you with your craft for kicking footballs? Um, just the natural swinging motion. Um, like when I see kids now that are younger and some have played soccer, some haven't, you can kind of tell just like, it's awkward to swing your leg if you haven't played soccer, but because I had the leg swing was a little more natural to me. Um, it was easy. And then the leg speed as well. Soccer, we're always running and it's a lot of agility, you know, it's, sprint and then kind of um break down and then sprint you know stuff like that so um yeah i mean i definitely say the leg speed and the the natural just swinging motion definitely carried over from for kicking i've heard um when soccer players like transition over um into you know kicking footballs it's not i wouldn't necessarily say a rough transition but you can tell like that they they played soccer or something like that is that, is that true, Caden? Would you say? Um, it depends. Some some yeah, you can normally you can definitely tell that they at least played soccer. Yeah. Um, some I mean it is different. It's definitely different, but there are similar aspects. So, um, but yeah, I mean normally you can tell like who's played soccer and who hasn't. Gotcha. Uh, what position did you play growing up? Um, so when I started my younger days, I played like striker and forward. And then eventually as I got older, I was a little taller, I think, and bigger than most. So I eventually moved like the mid and the defense was my, my main positions because I was just a little taller to win headers and I could always really take goal kicks. I could kick pretty far. Um, and I was very good at reading the game. My coach really liked me in the back because he, he could tell that I could see kind of what was happening before it before it happened. So he really liked me back there. Um, so, you know, going back into football now, we know Texas is a huge football state, you know, big football culture. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the football culture at the University of Houston? Yeah, so um, it's definitely – it's football, 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 24 seven, um, really no breaks, you know, it's, it's Texas and football is huge. Like you said. Um, so we all take it very seriously. You know, it's a, a D one program. It's a very good program. And, um, it's, you know, we train all the time, you know, after season, you get maybe a month off depending on the bowl game. If you go to a bowl, um, and then it's back to training for off season to prepare for next season. Then you only get about a month off in the summer. Um, then you're back for workouts to get ready for the season again. So it's taken very seriously, but it's also a blast um, to play in front of the stages, you know, at, at the different stadiums in front of the different number of fans. And um, it was great. Uh, it was just such a, when I was at Houston, it was just such a, very well put together team because everyone really liked each other. Um, it was like, um, it was a very good, like team chemistry, I guess. Uh, we were all good friends and it was just, we didn't have anyone that was like 
there for the wrong reasons. It was, mm. it was very good. Awesome. Uh, and I didn't realize this until the other day I was, you know, doing some research, but I didn't realize, uh, your first season at Houston back in 2017, Kyle Allen was, uh, your quarterback there. Like, Oh, I forgot Kyle Allen. Yeah. Houston. Yeah. So Kyle Allen was my quarterback. Um, I had breakfast with him several times. I mean, he was cool. He liked the specialists. Um, he was a really, really nice guy. Um, I'm glad he's where he is now. He's doing well. I know he at Houston, he had a rough time, but I think in my personal opinion, from what I saw, I just don't think our offense was suited for him. Um, but he's, he's a very talented guy and he's, he's a very respectful guy. Dude's awesome. So I'm glad he is where he is. So great. (laughs) Yeah. So last episode, uh, we interviewed Austin Fry. He was a long snapper at uh, Texas A&M. So, um, he had some interesting stories to share as a specialist um, that we've also heard behind the scenes out, off air. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'd be curious if for, for you as a specialist or even as part of like the team as a whole, are there any memorable, crazy, or just like funny stories um, behind at the locker room? Um, I'm trying to think of one specifically. It's hard because there was a lot of like, funny times in the locker room i mean we had dance battles going on rap battles all the time um and we had some some goofballs on our team so i'm trying to think there's nothing that really stands out as one in particular um fall camp i know there was some good times we had so we had fall camp my first fall camp i think my first one was two weeks um we had I think Monday off and we were at the facility from like, I think around, I think we had to be there by, I think we had a meeting at like 6am um, and we had to eat breakfast before that. And then I wouldn't get out till like seven or I think eight o'clock. It'd be dark by the time I got back to my dorm, but um, they supplied with supplied us with air mattresses in the locker room because some guys would just sleep there and you know honestly it's not a bad idea um and then (laughs) during the middle of the day there's a little break so you can catch a nap um but i just remember um me and the other specialists we would definitely have some fun with those we'd make uh you know some contraption we'd we'd stack them all and you know see you could bounce the farthest or like almost like a blob you know like bounce and fling someone up or diving catches onto him something like that so um yeah there's there's some good times and uh it was just it was a great experience and you know just to follow up on that uh what's been your favorite moment uh from your playing career so far Caden um favorite moment I'd have to say there was probably two my first game in 2017 uh was against arizona and i can still remember i mean i went out for the first kickoff and there were 60,000 people and that's the first time i had played in front of that many people oh yeah um in high school i mean i played against or in front of like 10 or 13,000 but it was it was a lot different being in front of 60,000 and uh you know for the first kickoff it a lot of people are yelling so i can remember being you know taking my steps and just like there was so much noise. It was like 
it was weird. There was so much noise, but it was like quiet in my head. It was just like, it was, it's a weird feeling. And I, a lot of kickers are like this, but it's like, there can be so much noise going on, but in your head, when you're out there, it's just like almost dead silent. It's just kind of weird. It's a very, um, I guess we're very good at blocking out the noise or something like along those lines. Um, but yeah, I can still remember that. It was just kind of breathtaking. Cause I was like, wow, like, I'm at the D1 level and I'm about to kick off in front of 60,000 people. Um, and yeah, it was just that, that was probably one of my favorites. I can just imagine like the adrenaline's rushing and such. Yeah. Like, yeah. That yeah, brings up a good follow up question because, you know, at the end of every game, there's, or end of each half, you, the, there's a big deal about like icing the kicker or uh, something like that. But you were just talking about how like you get your head kind of goes silent, at least from the crowd noise. Do you think like icing the kicker really does make that big of a difference when it's down to crunch time? It can. I think it somewhat depends on the kicker. Um, most kickers, it's not going to matter, especially when you get closer, like at the NFL level, um, because we've been doing it for so long, our body kind of knows what to do. Obviously, adrenaline and nerves play, play a role. But I think all the icing the kicker does is – it gives them an opportunity to really think about the kick, which you don't want to do because then you're overthinking everything. You just want to go out there, you know, know your situation, know the wind, everything you need as a normal kick. Um, so I think it kind of just depends. College level, I could see, yeah, you know, it could definitely affect more. But by the time you get to, you know, pros or even junior, senior year of college, it really just depends on the kicker. Um, but you know, it's, it should be muscle memory. You should be good to go. It just, it gives them that opportunity to think and second guess themselves about things, which is kind of where the error comes in, I believe anyway. So um, I think it, I don't know. I think it's just kind of hit or miss. Hmm. Yeah. So if you're in the situation like end of the game um, and you had to like run on the field to have a game time game winning field goal, would you rather be in a situation where you have to like run on the field before like the 42nd clock goes off, no timeouts, or would you rather have like the other opposing team call timeout, um, get your bearings straight and then kick? Um, honestly, doing it quickly would probably be my preferred way because uh, for most skilled kickers, we're going to know, like, when we're running out there, we're going to know, all right, what yard line? We're going to know the wind. We're going to know everything we need to know. It's just go make line up and make the kick. And I think doing it faster gives me less time to think because I am a thinker. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. I am one that overanalyzes kicks. So doing it quicker, I think, would be better because you just kind of let your instincts take over. You get out there and do what you've always been doing. So it just – I think it's – just more natural and um you don't really have that time to think and just going back to you said you had a second favorite moment right Caden yeah yeah so um I remember we were playing Texas Tech in 2017 at Houston and it was incredibly hot it was I think the the turf heat index was like around 130 it was humid. Oh it was, yeah, very hot. But I remember we had no points on the board. I think Tech had, I think they were up by like 
10 or maybe even more. And um, my coach said field goal. And it was actually, I hit a, it was career long. It was 45. So that was pretty, pretty good. It got our, our, um, our first points on the board. So yeah, it was just cool. Um, it was a tough environment uh, just with the heat. I mean, it, it makes it hard, but being we were playing in Houston, you know, we were kind of used to it. Um, just making a challenging kick, you know, to get points on the board. And um, it's kind of funny because my holder didn't tell me this till afterwards, but um, apparently our head coach, Major Applewhite, he, uh, he looked at, at our holder, Mason, and he goes, we need this. Like when I went out there and I'm glad he didn't tell me till afterwards, but um, yeah. and, you know, Mason, Mason's like, all right, well, what do you want me to do? He's the one taking, you know? <laughs> but yeah, he, Mason, he was, he was a great holder. He was, he was funny. He would crack me up sometimes, but yeah, I was, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you didn't tell me that till after the kick, but yeah, it was just a really cool, cool experience. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that could have gone like, yeah, no, no pressure or anything, but coach said we need this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a good choice not to say anything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh. Man. So, um, so now you are an NFL free agent. Um, I'm curious because when we hear about the free agency, like on TV or ESPN or whatever, it just seems like this weird like black hole, like purgatory type thing. You kind of like don't know your future. Um, could be anywhere at a drop of a hat. But um, I guess like for you, like what what is the experience like? The journey been either like contacting teams, um, training, um, like marketing yourself. Um, yeah, how do you like? What's the balance between that free time um, and even staying motivated as you continue to to work out? Yeah, so it's. It's definitely uh, has its ups and downs. Um, just going off like one key thing you said, motivation. It's it can be very frustrating because um, again, it's there's days where I'm like, you know, I'm feeling really good, my kicking's great, you know, and I'm I'm very motivated. Um, and there's days where you're gonna have days where you struggle kicking, and you don't feel like kicking or working out, and you're tired. Um, you know, and then you start to, sometimes you can second guess, you know, it's like, you know, why am I doing this? You know, am I even going to get a shot? And it's really, you know, there's no guarantee. It's, it's a long, long journey um, for most of us. And a lot of guys don't get in until their later, you know, 20s, 27, 28, 29. Um, but it's, you know, about getting better and it's definitely hard to balance everything. Uh, last year I was back home in Texas, um, working and training and it was a struggle. I mean, I worked a full 40 hours, but I would get up at, I don't know, six 30 and be at the field by like seven kick till eight race home, shower, get ready, go to work and then get off and at six and go to the gym and then come home and eat dinner. And then, you know, do whatever I wanted then I'm already tired. So I was, I was ready to go to bed. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely tough. Um, and it's just, you got to remember like kind of your whys and why you want it in the first place. And you got to have that, that, um, I guess, desire in inside of you. And 
it's just it's definitely hard because there's i mean like you said you could literally get a call at you know eight at night and be like hey you're on a 6 a.m flight tomorrow morning to come kick for us you know or have a workout with us um and yeah i mean it can change just like that um and everyone has a different situation um i know some guys you know they might not have to work a job they're at home um or they maybe only have to work a little bit uh, and then you know some are training on their own where i am in san diego right now because i moved out here to train with john carney and um and get better because i believe you know this is where the best of the guys are training right now and all the serious free agents i think are really out here and you know it's just being around them definitely makes my game better um and you know working with them that way i know like all right i'm putting in the work that they are so you know we're just as good it's just about a little bit of luck a little bit of opportunity and um yeah so there's not a whole lot of free time honestly um especially right now like i said i'm working two part-time jobs and uh it's it's been hard uh but just staying motivated you know trying to stay positive all the time is really important and just believing you're going to make it and you know just give it everything you got so you don't really have anything to look back on and go man if i just did that you know maybe i would have made it but uh yeah you just got to stay positive and and keep the dream alive so that's that's kind of all there is to it absolutely you mentioned um like remembering your why and i think that's so so key so crucial like it's relevant for every person's life but i'm curious for you if you feel comfortable sharing what what is your why for for kicking for trying to make it into the nfl uh yeah um i guess i would have a couple but i've always wanted to be a professional athlete uh never really wanted to sit behind a desk or work a nine to five um and so i've always thought being a professional athlete would be the coolest thing ever um, I can remember my teachers, you know, passing out a paper when I was young, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd always put a professional athlete. And at first it was a professional soccer player, and then it kind of transformed into um, professional kickers. So uh, that's one of them. Um, another one is definitely, you know, I mean, financial freedom. If you can stick around in the league for a while, there's no doubt you're going to make a lot of money. And um, that's just something I want to, want to achieve one day um and another one is i think it's it's really cool to be like you know one of the 32 best kickers in the world and just to be that good at something like it's not easy it, it takes a ton of discipline and focus and everything so i've just always thought that's really cool to be that good at something you know and it kind of kind of motivates me almost it's like you know, I should go out there and never miss, like, you know, he's just striving for perfection basically. And it's, it's a challenge and that's what I really like. So those are, those are kind of my whys. Um, I know everyone has their different, different whys, but those are, those are my main ones. That's, that's awesome. And thank you for sharing that with us, Caden. Um, yeah, no problem. And then just like, you know, piggybacking off of what you said with, uh, you know, all the, a lot of the best kickers are out in San Diego. I, I follow Nick Novak on uh, Instagram. I, and I always see like 
uh, he's always working out with kickers or doing the virtual free agents and such. I think like one time I even saw you on there too, on his Instagram, like, oh, well, that makes sense now since a lot of the best kickers are out in San Diego. We're living. Yeah. Yeah. So I train with him and John Carney. Um, I, I do a little of both. Um, I like both of them. They're both really good coaches. They have incredible backgrounds. I mean, they know what they're talking about. They've done it for a long time. Um, and that's eventually, you know, where I want to be. They've been where I want to be. So it's like, you know, definitely try and look up to them and learn from them and, you know, just pick their brain about everything, you know, technique and getting exposure between, between them and, uh, really just trying to build a name to where hopefully I can get a shot. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think this is definitely the spot to be, you know, most of the free agents, the serious free agents that, you know, actually have a shot. Most of them are out here or if they're not currently out here, they've been out here and they're just back home right now. Some mm-hmm. of them come in for, you know, a month or two or a couple weeks even, uh, and then go back home and, you know, they work and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, this is just, I think it's the spot to be. So for, for free agent kickers and punters and snappers. So what is your experience so far been professionally? Have you worked out with any NFL teams yet or you've gone to um, combines? No. So, yeah. So I actually haven't had a workout yet. That's kind of my first goal. Um, and I've just gone to combines, uh, I guess, back in March this year was the second year I was at Coach's Honors Free Agent Combine, which is kind of the combine um, as of right now. It's been the combine for free agent kickers. Coach's Honors is a very well-known kicking coach and specialist coach within the league. And he has put, I think he's put over 130, 150 specialists on teams. And so that's kind of the main one. He has scouts out there. I mean, this last year, I think we had 27 or 28 of the 32 teams out there. I mean, and they're sitting literally right behind you while you're kicking field goals. They're at midfield with pen and paper writing down everything. And it's, it's, you know, the combine. And so it did well. Um, This is my second year at it. And yeah, I mean, it did well, but really even to get a shot out of that, you really got to pretty much, win it or be in the top you know five um or they just really got to see something in you maybe you didn't have the best day that day but they really see you know you got what it takes um so yeah that's kind of kind of the combine i know john carney had one back in august last year which was actually the first time i came out here to train with him yeah i'm curious because so obviously you're striving to be one of the best 32 in the league someday hopefully soon in your opinion, as as of the league right now, who do you see as maybe the best kicker or like maybe has some of the skills that you admire the most out of um, one of the kickers from NFL teams right now? I'd say the best. I'd probably – there's two that I really like, but if I had to give it to someone, I'd just have to say Justin Tucker because he's been in there a little longer, I think. Um but I think he's the best. I mean, he's hit so many game-winning kicks. Um, it just seems like it's weird if he misses. Now it's just, you know, it's like, what the heck, he missed, um, which it should be. But, you know, a lot of times it's not the case. He's just done it for a while. And I think he's he's got a cannon of a leg, too. Um, he's a small guy, but he knows how to use his, his body and his leg. And 
Um, he can crank the ball. And then the other one is actually a guy who trains out here with us. He hasn't been out here with us yet, um, at least since I've been here, because he's been with uh, the Falcons, and that's Young Way Koo. Um, yeah, Young Way. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorites. Um, he trains with John, and he's just such a smooth kicker. It's like it looks like he doesn't even really try and kick it, and it's it's he's got a cannon too. I mean, he's I love his form. It's it's very smooth and just repeatable. It's it's super smooth and easy, and um, he's he kind of proved himself, and he's done really really well. So. It's, um, I'm glad to, you know, watch him and I try and learn from him and I'm hoping he'll be out here one of these days while I'm out here, but I don't know yet. We'll have to see. That'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, Albert and I, we're basically armchair experts. We're the casual Sunday, uh, well, and Saturday football fans, but, um, you know, it's easy for us to yell at the TV or when we're at the stadium and say like, oh man this guy sucks. Like, why can't he like make this extra point or why can't he like drain this field goal? I guess for, for those types of people, like what are, what are something, what is something about kicking that we don't know necessarily know or don't appreciate um, that we don't necessarily see well on TV? Um, There's just, there's so many variables that go into it. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, people just don't understand like, you know, the, how fast it's taking place between the snap hold and the kick you know we try and get it off within a one three 1.3 seconds by the time it's snapped we have to be kicking so we're you know attacking towards the ball before it's even there really um so you know you're not even seeing what you kick until you know depending on the holder and depending on your timing the last second. I mean, you know, it's, there's a lot more that goes into it as well. You got wind field conditions, you know, you're on grass, you're on turf. It's a little different. Um, and then you're not even holding the ball, you know, it's not like you're holding the ball. So there's so many variations, there's so many variables that go into it, you know, and you got to trust the snap, the hold. And, um, another way to put it, it's like kind of a lot of guys relate kicking and to golf because it's very similar actually in I guess body mechanics and stuff like that but golf you know you got to look at the lie the wind condition is the ball above below your feet you know how far do you want to hit it you want to carry it that total distance and all that stuff and kicking there's not quite as much as golf but again you know field conditions wind um you got to pay attention if you're in an open stadium the wind at one end could be different than the wind down at the end you're kicking into, or even I've been in a stadium where, um, where I was kicking, the wind was different from what it was doing at the uprights. So it's just, you know, little things like that, um, that go into it knowing, you know, where you got to know, you want to give your, um, holder the right spot, uh, so you can put the ball in the right spot. So a lot of kickers will look for, you know, we want to make sure we're not putting the ball in a divot um, or a little like bump in the field, you know, and just, just things like that. Um, there's little things that you learn and you pick up on and um, stuff like that. Again, kicking, it's, it's like golf, but your leg is the club, you know, you're not holding it. It's, you know, you're controlling it. So it's, it's a lot harder than most people think. And, you know, 
I feel like once people actually try and kick a field goal, they, you know, they go, oh, wow, yeah. It's not not so uh, easy, but it's technically our job. We should make everything. But, it again, it's just not that easy, and there's just so many things that go into it. Um, and I just don't think people really see that or understand it. Yeah, I could definitely relate to that. As, as soon as I started kicking and I like, you know, sprayed them all over the place where you even can't get enough power under it. I'm like, wow, this is a lot harder than yeah. they make it look on TV. So, uh, but okay. We're almost out of time here. I think we have a couple more questions left for you, okay. uh, Kaden, but um, let's just say, you know, pretend like an NFL GM is listening to this podcast right now. Uh, what do you offer their team? Um, consistency, I'd say consistency, hard work and youth. So consistency being, I'm always been more of a consistency guy over like power and strength. Um, I've gained a lot of power and strength, but, um, I've always hit a very straight ball. Um, so consistency, um, hard work. I mean, I'm working day in, day out. Um, and if you're working day in, day out and doing everything you can, I mean, if something goes wrong, you know, you, you know, you've done pretty much everything you can. It's, you can't, you can't look back and go, Oh, well, you could have been doing this. You could have been doing that. You know, I'm, I'm prepared for the moment. Um, and then, like I said, youth, um, youth is just good for, you know, you're not as injury prone. Um, also technically because I haven't been with a team, I'm cheaper than other kickers, you know, um, and they just, you know, they, they got to give some of these free agents a shot. There's some really good ones, but, um, that are definitely deserve a shot. It's just, just about timing. And, you know, I, I understand it from their eyes too, though. Um, you want a guy that has a good background. So you bring him in and if he does bad, you can say, well, he, you know, this is his background. He's qualified. So I understand that, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm consistent as they are. Um, and I have, have the power for the most part. Um, and yeah, consistency, hard work and youth. So that's kind of my, my thoughts on, you know, what I offer. Mark and I, huge Kate and Nova coffee fans. We really hope to see you, uh, sometime on Sunday on our TVs, just kicking the football for one of those yeah. 32 teams. We can be yelling at you someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, that is so awesome. And uh, just to let anyone know who's listening, um, if you want great tips on kicking or want to learn know about kicking, punting, uh, please check out Kaden Novikoff's YouTube channel. It's just Kaden Novikoff, correct? And yeah, yeah, just my name. Uh, that's actually fun fact. That's actually how I got linked up with Caden and just looking up random kicking tutorials on YouTube and Caden's, uh, YouTube channel came in the clear, but yes, please check out his channel. If you're interested, um, in learning more about kicking and punting, but Caden, thank you so much for your time. Uh, again, we really do hope you get a shot at the NFL. We're rooting hard for you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on here. It's been a blast and, uh, it's always always cool to kind of elaborate on the specialist lifestyle because many people don't don't see it or see the behind the scenes definitely i think mark and i were talking about you know turning this into a specialist podcast because we interviewed yeah. a long snapper last <laughs> last interview so maybe we'll just keep rolling with it yeah for sure well thank you again Caden. appreciate it
Well, we just got done with the interview with Caden, and it was awesome. Uh, Mark, what were your thoughts on the interview? Well, it sounds like we're a specialist podcast now. I guess so, yeah. We might just have to keep going in that direction. You know, just keep interviewing long snappers, punters, kickers, everyone. The holders, yeah. Yeah, the holders too. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, I concur 100%. That was a, an amazing interview. I think for me, I there's two things I really love about having this podcast. One, just learning the mechanics of kind of like the, the craft. So we've interviewed uh, artists, or not artists, athletes so far. Um, hopefully artists in the future. Hopefully, though. yeah. But I mean, just hearing, yeah, just like the small intricacies, I think that's something as a casual fan, I've always wanted to um, understand better um, and to better appreciate the game. Uh, but then too, just hearing the the personal drive and seeing that through Caden, um, I think that's, it's infectious. And I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think we were talking about it, Albert, like being a free agent isn't for the faint of hearted. You kind of need, need to be all in, you need to be. Um, have that belief in yourself, believe in your craft, but also the the discipline to to rise and grind, as we used to say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Caden's uh, motivation definitely is inspiring for sure, uh, and he's helped me a lot with my kicking game too. As someone who's getting into the kicking world um, through his YouTube videos, and it was just really cool to you know because I saw him through. I mean, I still technically saw him through a little screen here because we didn't talk to him face to face but it was just really cool to you know uh follow up on some of the things he talked about in his youtube videos so but yeah it was really good to uh hear about experiences about just being a specialist and uh, you know life as a free agent because you know as as you can probably determine it's not for everyone for sure you have to be committed uh to it so all right, well, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Well, I'm, it might be your favorite segment to whoever's listening, but it's definitely, as Mark Shakespeare said, it's definitely not Mark's favorite segment. And yes, it is that time. It is time for Dad Jokes of the Month. You ready for this, Mark? You ready? Yeah, sure, yeah. All right, well, we got three. And of course, you know how this works again until... We keep doing this for maybe 10 episodes or I don't know how long it gets. People get used to this, but I'm going to tell Mark two or three dad jokes. In this case, it's going to be three. And he's going to pick whichever one he likes best or not like the best or whatever, whatever he's feeling. So here we go. All right. First dad joke. This is a frozen one, which I've never seen frozen before. Is that is that sin? uh potentially i i've not seen a lot of disney movies but that's when i was forced to watch i've seen so. i've seen bits and pieces here and there but never seen the full length feature okay. <laughs> maybe I'll, i, need I, to change I that haven't i haven't seen the second one i've seen the original though okay gotcha yeah i will you you beat me i haven't even seen either so all right first first dad joke. uh why can't elsa be trusted to hold a balloon why i missed something <laughs> because she'll let it go oh, no. insert music here oh no i would insert the music but we probably would get a copyright infringement or something so yeah. i'm not going to do that so you can sing it out yourself all right second one <laughs> i need to stop laughing before i tell these <laughs> because i ruined it okay what do you call a sick 
Eagle. What? Illegal. Oh, Get it? Like yeah. ill, legal, like it's ill and illegal. I think I think the explanation made it worse. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, that's obviously not a front runner at this point. Okay, last one. Hopefully, we can clean it up with the last one here. All right. What do you call cheese, or what do you call a cheese that isn't yours? Sorry, I messed that up. A cheese that isn't yours. Yes. Uh, what? Nacho cheese. <laughs> well, anyways, Mark, uh, where are you going to take this time around? Yeah, so I'm trying to decide if it's like the the app's actual worst or if it's the one I was like, oh, it's bad, but I can appreciate where it came from. Um, yeah, I think I think I've heard the last one before in some capacity, maybe like Instagram or um, out in public. So I'll cross that one off the list. Um, number the last one. So down to the first two. Um, I've. I'll go with the the frozen one just because um, it's relatively creative, at least out of the spectrum of dad jokes I normally hear. Um, and the second one was just awful. Yeah, I think I think you I think you killed it with the, no, the explanation. The explanation. Yeah. I should just let it be there. Uh, yeah. Let it be. Well, all right. Well, Frozen wins it this time around. So, congrats, Frozen. All right. Well, it looks like we're done here, Mark. Anything you want to add? Um, I mean, not to the dad jokes now. I'm kind of glad we can move on move from on. there. But, yep. So we reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for sticking around and supporting us to be listening you. and potentially sharing and just general enthusiasm. Um, we've had some good messages over the past couple months, so that's encouraging. Um, and yeah, we would love for you to be part of the community as well. It's not just a show between Albert and I. Obviously, we wanted to meet other people out in the world through our interviews, but also um, through connecting with you guys um, on the socials. So um, if you do want to contact us, and we'd love your feedback, uh, we'd love your ideas, questions, et cetera, et cetera, um, you can reach us either at our email at uh, thejoinavenuepodcast at gmail.com or our Instagram at thejoinavenuepodcast. And new for this month, um, obviously, since you're listening to this, you've probably heard us through some um, uh, podcasting platform. Um, so we are now officially on a site called Anchor. Um, and um, new to this, um, especially for you guys, you can um, send in voice memos for us to, or for, for ways for you to uh, com- connect with us, uh, share your thoughts, um, questions, um, you know, especially even as we interview future guests, I have no idea who we'll be interviewing next, but um, yeah, if you had like voice in questions for them, questions for us, um, ideas for new segments, or you just uh, want to say hey, yeah, That's just say hi, um, yeah, anything and everything. Uh, there's a link on our Instagram uh, to to our anchor page where it has a a specific button to. Um, send us a voice memo. So if that's uh, if that's your jam, uh, we'd love that. We'd love to connect with you. Um, and yeah, um, look forward to hearing what you guys have to share. Good or bad comments <laughs> or constructive, we'll say constructive. Uh, yeah, hopefully. All right. Hit it, Mark. <laughs>